Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The bird is freed. That was the tweet from Elon Musk. The purchase complete. The CEO, the CFO, the person in charge of deciding who gets to stay on the platform, all gone. And the left has lost their ever freaking mind about it. Of course they lost their minds about it. What else could you begin to expect? The idea that people will be allowed onto the platform to engage in conversation? Put forth thoughts and ideas? How dare they? How dare Elon Musk? What do you mean, how dare How dare anybody think that it's wrong for other people to say things? Even if you don't like them. Dear Lord, just based on today's events, Twitter is still a dumpster fire. Elon Musk buying it doesn't change that. All it does is allows more people to get involved in the dumpster. That's it. That is all. Of course it's still a dumpster fire. Of course people still have awful reactions. They think maybe you have an awful reaction or I have an awful reaction. That's all right. What part does that matter? It's not real life. Twitter is not real life. It never has been. Uh, The idea that I can only communicate in 280 characters, man, I'm not built for that. I'm built for actual engagement. You may very well be too. I'm glad Musk owns it. I'm glad that the left is infuriated. I'm glad that Media Matters for America is letting it known that they want to go after Twitter sponsors. If they should, if Twitter should do something like let Donald Trump back on the platform. That's how little these progressives believe in the ability to speak. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY. That's the number. Be a part of the show. We'd love to hear from you. Ask Tony mostly anything. Why not? Let's open it up. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. Media Matters for America doesn't believe in free speech whatsoever doesn't believe in your right to speak if you should somehow not be on their progressive agenda. They started as an organization. They were going to be a watchdog of the media. It was all built to attack Fox News 24-7, 365. It's the only reason it exists. the only reason David Brock uh, created it and continues to be just that. Putting out a missive about we have to go after Twitter sponsors and here are their top 20 sponsors. And if they let people like Trump back on the platform, we got to go after them. We have to cancel them. What kind of thing is this? What's the value in that? I had a back and forth uh, today because I noticed someone being ridiculous. And of course, you know, you have the people who don't like you trying to defend the ridiculous. What are you going to do about that? Nothing. Block, delete, mute, move on. I can't stop them from speaking. I can just note how weak they are. And I can utilize that and then share that as content or I can ignore it because it should be ignored. It's just pablum nonsense. The point is they're able to. Of course they should be able to. They should be able to disagree with me. I just wish they would do it with a little more intellectual heft. Trump shouldn't be on the platform. Stating I don't agree with the election results 
Is that election denying? And if let's say someone does election deny, do I actually care? Tony, do you have no standards at all? This is where it gets interesting. Yes, I do have standards. And I believe standards are upheld by actually upholding them. I do not know if they are upheld by preventing people from saying things you might disagree with. And if I'm going to choose, I'm always going to err on the side of allowing people to say ignorant, dumb, pathetic, stupid, nonsensical things. For example, Louis Farrakhan can be on the platform, that Jew-hating bigot that he is. If you like Louis Farrakhan, you like Jew-hating bigots. You should really check yourself. Trump's the anti-Semite, but Louis Farrakhan's just misunderstood? That is, that is not the way it works, people. Just so we understand each other, that is not the way it works at all. Here the Jews don't like Farrakhan, so they call me Hitler. Well, that's a good name. Hitler was a very great man. Things Trump never said for 500, Alex. Ah, he's, may he rest. May he rest. Of course Trump should be back on the platform. But I think people who are talking about this are missing the forest for the trees. How in the world would Trump explain that he's back on the platform? Doesn't Trump have Truth Social? Doesn't Trump have his own platform and doesn't he want to grab people there to this whole uh, experiment that he's doing? Why would he go back on Twitter? What's the point? What's the point? I question whether he comes back. He's got Truth Social. He has his email channels. If he comes onto Twitter, who goes to Truth Social? As a matter of business, does it make sense? I don't think it does. As a matter of fact, I don't know why I'm the only person talking about it, so let's now take it the other way. What am I missing? What am I missing here? If I'm Trump, I don't come back to Twitter if I want to build my own platform. That is different than whether or not Twitter should be banning him, and the answer is, of course not. Trump has to be banned, but the Ayatollah gets to stay. Sorry, Twitter, you suck. But I think Elon Musk knows that, which is why I think he bought it. It should be clear that Twitter was never worth $44 billion. Twitter was never, ever, 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 ever worth $44 billion. What Elon Musk said was something very different. The actual physical platform isn't worth it. The idea is. And that should give you pause tonight as you have dinner with your family, as you enjoy your weekend, as you pour yourself a bourbon and enjoy a cigar. The platform wasn't worth it, but the free speech was. 
and it was worth $44 billion, that odds are he will never recover. That should give you pause. What does that say about somebody who's willing to do that? Willing to go down that road? I think that's the story of Elon Musk, that it needs to be understood, uh, that you're not going to agree with him uh, on, on everything. He's not going to say everything that you agree with. He is not, on, on his politics, some level of icon. But he had the means to say the people speaking is more important than the dollar in my pocket. I'll make another dollar. But let's go make this thing better. In the way Dorsey was speaking with him, former CEO Jack Dorsey, creator Jack Dorsey, saying it never should have gone public. It never should have been a company. It should have been a utility in in that regard. Well, now we're going to see what it becomes. And yes, we will still think of it as a dumpster dumpster fire. But if everybody's allowed in the dumpster, I guess it's better. No, it's definitely better. Still a dumpster fire but a lot more cozy. I'm Tony Katz. The Dow is up over 600. NASDAQ up over 200. Considering the absolute abuse the tech stocks took, just yesterday, I'm going to get more into that. Some fascinating things have taken place in the last 24 hours. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. But doing well, doing well right now. I want to get into some election day stuff. I'll, I, I will get to it, I promise, because there's there are some very unique things going on, some unique polling uh, that that that's taking place, um, but uh, on this economic conversation, it it was it was Janet Yellen, she's the White House Treasury Secretary, once again trying to push this idea that everything's fine, everything's good. Don't know what everyone's worried about. As Democrats scramble to coalesce around an economic message to hang up to their congressional majorities. I don't see signs of a recession in this economy at this point. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen sitting down with CNN to deliver her own. We have unemployment at a 50-year low. There are two job vacancies for every um, American who is looking for work. We have... Is she... Out of her mind? Message to hang up to their congressional majorities. I don't see signs of a recession in this economy at this point. The CEOs disagree with you. The business community disagrees with you. The small business community disagrees with you. The markets uh, have been preparing for this. Yeah, they're, they're, they're up. They, they took a look at uh, a good quarter of GDP, and they're like, oh, happy days are here again. La, 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 la. And they did a whole thing. You don't see the signs. Two job openings for every person. How about the freezes? How about the layoffs? How about the coming impending reductions of labor force? And not just at Twitter, mind you. 
Facebook is going to have them. Are we going to see them from Oracle? Where else are we going to see these things? We've we've talked about the fact they've rescinded job offers at Fortune 500 companies. They've instituted hiring freezes. They've cut percentages. Two jobs for every one person doesn't mean they're actually looking for some of those jobs to fill. People are getting laid off. And more of that is going to come in 2023. It is unkind, as as I see it, to be this person, where you look at your your the Amer- the American people, and you're like, oh, you're you're just you're 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 just feeling it in in, in, in because uh, you know it's the right wing media, you know they they they're the ones who. They're the ones who are making you uh, think this stuff. No, but really, it's all fine. You, you just get, you're just being a little bit nervous. When we tell you everything's okay, you tell everybody else everything's okay. And if they tell you it's not okay, you call them a racist. Got it? Good. That's what this smacks of. It smacks of being a level of incredibly, incredibly unserious. I mean, you'd have to be... You'd have to be Joe Biden to be this unserious. Today, the GDP results came out, and the economy, in fact, is growing. In fact, the economy grew at 2.6% rate last quarter. And although it may not feel like for everyone, people's incomes went up last quarter more than inflation went up. And enough growth. So economic growth is up. The price of inflation is down. Real incomes are, on, going, are up, and the price of gas is down. Until the price of gas is up. Wages are rising more than inflation. No one feels that. I mean, we should be clear. He wants to say it, but he says a lot of things. Joe Biden says a tremendous number of things. Oh, I need proof? Oh, okay. Today, the most common price of gas in America is $3.39, down from over $5 when I took office. Gas was not $5 when you took office. It was $2.38. It was $2.38 a gallon. Just so we understand each other, that's what it was. And to say anything else is completely insane. Completely and totally insane. So why does he say it? By the way, um, I don't have for this week what the average price of gas is. I can only take a look outside in in the state of Indiana, $3.99. And when it goes up in two weeks, it'll be Putin's fault? Gas comes down a nickel. Look at me. I'm Joe Biden. Ain't I great? It goes up a nickel. Damn that Putin. But he flat out lied about the prices. Flat out lied about the prices. Why would I trust him on wages and inflation? Why trust him on anything? And that, you know, that economics leads to... What we're seeing in the election, and, and, I, and I will go over that. I will get into it, I promise. But I was, I was taken by, by this story, which I still don't have all the data for. 
It was a headline over at Fox Business. Businesses to seek White House intervention as rail strike concerns grow. Rail strike? Wait a second. Joe Biden thwarted the rail strike. They came to a a deal in the last minute. Well, it turns out no. The deal, to the extent uh, that there was a deal, needs 12 different groups to be okay with it. 12 unions. Six have agreed. Two have rejected. The other four still need to vote. So a group of businesses, 322 of them, variety of industries, signing a letter to Biden, urging him to make sure the deal he helped broker gets approved because a railroad strike would have dire consequences for the economy. And that would happen next month. So there was never a deal. So there was never a deal. There was simply a postponement to after the election so it wouldn't matter to voters. Well, if that's not leadership, I don't know what is. My point to you, my point is simple. I would love for the economy to be in better shape, and I would love for the future to be looking good. The economy is not in better shape, and the future looks awful. The 2.6% GDP growth on a top line is a nice number. When you dig in, as we did yesterday, and you realize that it's on services and not goods where the spending is, the vast amount of spending came from government spending. This is flawed. This is false. This is not something to which you hang your hat. This is the blip on the brain-dead patient that makes you have this last moment of hope that there's some activity. When you dig in on the numbers, these numbers don't look grand. These numbers look dangerous because you realize that the growth came from something that is not survivable. More government spending. I would much rather uh, GDP for the quarter was up 2.6 and continued up at that 2.6. We'd all be better off. But we can't get anywhere if the president's just going to keep lying. And it's having an effect on the election. Let's go through the numbers. Find everything at TonyCats.Locals.com. Keep it right here. This is Tony Katz today. All the momentum is with the political right. All of it. How did it happen? And what is it that people are willing to accept or, or not accept? Reality being more important than uh, your ideology because, well, your ideology is based on fantasy and uh, dreams and reality is, well, what's actually happening. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. Ask Tony mostly anything I'll I'll answer mostly anything. I don't want to avoid this story. It's just I'm going to probably wait until Monday to be able to kind of dig in because there's still an investigation. Someone broke into the house of Speaker Pelosi in San Francisco and attacked her husband with a hammer. And now there's conflicting reports where they're looking for, you know, her. They're looking for, for him. I'm not sure.
He's 82. He got hit with a hammer. How did the attack stop? There's a series of questions. Very, very strange. What about security at the speaker's house? It is the speaker's home. I would assume there's a little bit of, of security there. And this is why I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till we get more data, more information, and then uh, I, I plan on, on, on getting uh, into it. All I know is that you've got people who want to say, oh, it was the fault of the political right. You have no idea. We don't know anything. Yeah, we don't. But you've got Lawrence Tribe saying it was the political right, Maggie Haberman. Oh, look at that. It's it's beyond malpractice. You don't know anything about what has happened. You don't know anything about it. Yet they immediately want to go to the blame, set the narrative. These people are disgusting. Just disgusting. And the people who are noting, who are noticing this, are, are the American people, and that's what this election is bringing us. It was uh, USA Today in their poll saying Republican support rises ahead of Election Day with inflation driving voters. Well, I believe that it is indeed inflation that is driving so many of these things. You're not able to afford the basics. You are going to look for some help. That's not that's not shocking to anybody. Let's take a look at some of the numbers. We'll utilize real clear politics for this and we'll take it uh some of the latest Senate polls. Here's one insider advantage poll in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz versus John Fetterman. In this latest poll, 750 likely voters, so getting to a really acceptable uh, size, 3.6 margin of error, still higher than I like. Oz plus three. Oz plus three. And this, I think this is post-debate. If you were to go back through the last 15 polls, Oz has never been ahead. There was a tie on one of them, but it was only 550 likely voters in the poll. In every other poll going back to June, Fetterman is ahead. Fetterman is ahead. Fetterman is ahead. Oz plus three. Yet I have and you have the audio of Senator Chuck Schumer caught on a hot mic telling Joe Biden that they don't think um, the debate hurt them too much in Pennsylvania. It's hard to hear they're on a tarmac when Biden landed and talking about, you know, there's danger in, in it. Seemingly, he's talking about George. I can't believe they're going to vote for Herschel Walker. Like, they were, it's an admitting from Senator Chuck Schumer that they're going to lose in Georgia. But the quote was, it looks like the debate didn't hurt us too much in Pennsylvania. So you know that your candidate is not capable of answering a question, but you don't give a damn as long as you can get a rubber stamp. As long as you can get the vote, it doesn't actually matter. That is ugly. That is very, very ugly.
But that's exactly what we see. The ugliness that we saw is the debate itself where John Fetterman was not able to engage. And the Democratic Party of Pennsylvania humiliated themselves, shamed themselves. Giselle Fetterman, the wife, my gosh. You allowed your husband to be treated like this? You, you, you favor this? Talk about having no respect. And then, of course, she's out there talking about uh, how, why, uh, uh, they, they, how they took the uh, pool at the lieutenant governor's mansion and they made it uh, the people's pool because swimming is racist. And while we did not want the mansion, that mansion came with the pool and the pool I wanted. And the dream was to open this pool and make it a public pool turn it into the people's pool and ensure that um, young people across Pennsylvania could learn how to swim and learn water safety and kind of work to right some of the wrongs. You know, historically, swimming in America is very racist. Um, And usually when you look at drowning statistics, that usually affects children of color because of lack of access. Somebody who talks like this, you shouldn't be surprised they're willing to abuse their husband to obtain power. I said it, I meant it. Now, if you want to discuss the fact that a pool was something that people of wealth had and people who weren't wealthy wouldn't have had access to swimming at the levels to which somebody who was wealthy was, I'd agree with you. That's absolutely true. If you want to argue, as Charles C.W. Cook noted, uh, that there were definitely public pools that were built not in black neighborhoods, So therefore, black kids didn't have access to pools. I would also tell you that that's true. Swimming is not racist. That is an insane thing to say. And the idea that you're going to open up the pool and you're going to make it the people's pool, it doesn't even sound normal. Now, you understand this is the Lieutenant Governor's Mansion. Even I got this confused a little bit earlier. This is different than the house they got for a dollar. The house they got for a dollar was something different because that happens all the time. I didn't want that mansion, but I wanted the people's pool. Everything is about bigotry all the time. We want to open up the pool. We want to make. We want to give kids who maybe had never had access access to the pool. So we so we opened it up. Okay, fine, that that's fine. It's because America's this racist, terrible place. Man, you wonder why people are turning to the political right. The political right just has to be smart enough. They have to be smart enough to understand this. They didn't all of a sudden say, I'm a Republican. That's not what's happened. What they've said is the left is fakakta crazy. These people are angry, bitter, terrible. They hate everyone. They hate me and I'm tired of it. They treat my kids like garbage. I have no more room for this in my life. I'm out. I'm out. They want to teach my kids they're either oppressors or they're oppressed. I want no part of it. I'm out. They really want to enjoy and have and support the mutilation of children as if somehow they could decide their gender. They want to prevent me as a parent from knowing what's going on with my child in a school and hide things like this from me while they aggressively try and confuse my kids by telling them, no, 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 you're really a girl. No, 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 you're really this. No, 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 you're really that. K 
kids across America, certainly not all kids across America, but too many kids across America are engaged in levels of panic because they don't know how to identify. And you have to identify as something because that's how you prove you're a person. The social contagion of the transgender craze being very real. And parents are saying, I've had enough of this. These people, these progressives, these elitist snobs, they don't speak for me. They don't re- they they they're not me. I don't even recognize them. Those Republicans, they're not all talking about Trump. They're willing to fight these fights and I have to fight. I'm going to vote for them and what I'm going to hope for is normalcy. I am going to hope that things get normal. That's why That is why people are looking at Republicans. That's why they're looking to vote for Republicans. It is not because they have become Republicans. It's not because all of a sudden they decided that the political right is the end-all, be-all. As much as I may like that, as much as I may appreciate and would want for them to be conservatives, not necessarily Republicans, You just have to admit that that's not what's happening. What's happening is is that they're begging for normalcy and they're hoping that Republicans on these couple of subjects can give it to them. Bring down inflation, bring down spending, save my kid, and actually have a country that exists tomorrow. Doesn't make them conservatives. Makes them pragmatic, though. And we should be clear that everybody knows the Democrats have a problem. Jen Psaki on MSNBC. Yeah, I mean, first of all, the hot mic will get you every time, Chuck Schumer. I've been there. Um, but been look, there. I think what we heard there and what you saw on the screen is the co- is similar to a lot of the conversations Democrats are having behind the scenes and a lot of people I talk to as well. People are fearful about uh, where the momentum is going in some of these races. Yes, there are very encouraging signs like the record early vote numbers, but uh, numbers in some of the House races are not where they should be. Uh, people are trying to get a lot of people I talk to are worried about uh, voters being uh, encouraged and excited about people at the top of the ticket and maybe not excited enough to vote for the congressional candidates. And that's a real concern. So I think it's a reflection of the fact that Democrats are kind of worried about where this is going right now, and it's felt worse over the last week or so. Uh, and, you know, we, we only have 11 days to go here. So there's uh, that's, that's why I think you see Barack Obama, Joe Biden, all these people out on the trail, because they're trying to light a fire uh, with Democrats right now. There's no fire to be lit because the Democrats are not your issue. The issue is if you've lost the gender gap, as the New York Times Siena poll pointed out, where there is no more of a split in women voting for Republicans and Democrats, it's even. Democrats don't own a majority of women. How is that possible? Well, there's only one way it's possible. You piss those ladies off. And you know what I've noticed about moms? You know what I've noticed? A little, maybe it's just me. You know, I'm an observing cat. Uh, they do not like when you piss them off. They um, they think um, it's it's uh, they think that's not okay. Now, you could tell me 
that I'm wrong, but I'm not. You know I'm not. You threaten their kids. You threaten their livelihoods. And you told them if they said anything about it, they were domestic terrorists or bigots. And they said, screw this. And now they're looking at the political right. In Arizona, that race for senator is trending to the Republican. In the Arizona gubernatorial race, that race is well trending to the Republican. That Georgia Senate race, Herschel Walker in the Rasmussen poll, 1,053 likely voters, margin of error of 3%. This is a poll that has the right sample and the right MOE. Walker plus five. Wisconsin. You now have the Republican, Ron Johnson, clearly in the lead over the Democrat Mandela Barnes, who was in the lead just a little over a month ago. The latest poll, Data for Progress, which is a Democratic outfit, 1,376 likely voters, margin of error of three. Oh, I pay attention to this poll. Johnson plus five. And maybe it doesn't help that Mandela Barnes says this about police. You got people coming from Brookfield, want to come to Milwaukee. I'm sorry, from the suburban areas, you know, of of Milwaukee that that come in and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to police this neighborhood. It's like, you don't know anything about us. You know, anything that goes on here. So what you are is you're like an occupying force. Your progressive candidates refer to police as an occupying force. Suburban moms, other moms, they know that a police force is necessary. They don't want to see an abusive police force, but they don't think it's occupying. They think it's necessary. They appreciate it. They value it. And progressives don't. And you can scream and yell and 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 and, and lose your mind about, oh, look at all the money we're putting uh, towards law enforcement. <laughs> This is what you're saying. And so people are reacting. It is imperative that Republicans do not lose their way on this. You have an opportunity to stop the bleeding in America. But if you want that opportunity to continue, you have to A, create the result, and B, Keep engaging the conversation that we're listening to you and those ideologues on the political left are nuts. And they re- you're not crazy. They hate your kids. We think they're your kids. Here's how we see education. And we hear you that you don't want your kids being indoctrinated. We agree with that. So here's what we're going to do to prevent that. We agree with you that inflation is too high, and we hear you that we have to bring it down. Well, we have to bring it down via by, by reducing spending. That means we're going to have to cut some programs here, here, and here. It's going to upset some people, but if the overall issue is inflation and how you afford eggs or peanut butter, we got to get this done. Here's how we do it. I do not know if Republicans are smart enough, capable enough of doing that. But they should not be somehow convinced that everyone's there for their policies off the bat. Or I should say, they think Republicans are great people. They think the progressives are nuts. And so they're looking for normalcy. Give it to them. I'm Tony Katz. A little more reality to bring 
especially when you consider that you have now people in the NBA speaking very openly about what happens in a transgendered world, specifically in sports. The more people openly speaking, the better. But remember, it's not about rudeness. It's about being rational. I'll get to that story. And Elon Musk buying Twitter is just setting the world on fire. I'm Tony Katz.